Welcome to Eddie Sporting Question, I'm Graham Bell, and despite some problems with the main studio today, as neither of us were able to complete the second question in the run-through due to a sandy wire, we are still able to come live at you by moving to a better, more equipped studio in the middle of town, which we should have really stayed at all along. Now, the last time my guest was on, he suffered a humiliating defeat in my hands off the back of the wrong theme tune. Well, I'm delighted to say that I'm making amends for that today, as the small man of sport is back in with his new and permanent theme tune. Jake Atkinson, how are we? Hello, Graham Bell. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it's been a while, but is that the chipmunks you're uh, playing we're, for We're going to find out in a second, because it's coming up to the bit of the song I was hoping to play. Here we go! <laughs> Which one do you want to be? Uh, I'll be Alvin, please. You'll be Alvin. You'll be the lead one. I'm not surprised by that. The red that. one, yeah? I think it's the red yeah. one. All I know it as is the lead one, because the show was Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yep, sounds Unlike good. ASQ, which is mainly my show, but you just have to <laughs> jag in on the back of. Anyway, well, it's now to the usual format of the show following last week's trial, as it's six questions, 45 seconds per answer, and there will be one winner. And at the end of every answer, you'll be hearing a noise to reflect how many points we scored. If you hear this... Hang on, let's do that again. If you hear this... That's better. You hear one point. And if you hear this noise... <laughs> We've scored two points, and this is the sound that keeps me happy in my dreams at night. And that means that you've scored three points. But there's always a downside on the show, just when you think we're going to go well. Because if you feel that we should lose a point, then you'll hear this. And children will laugh at us in the street. Well, there's pretty much nowhere else we can start today, Jake. But with the West Indies once again, as the second test was abandoned after just ten balls due to the outfield. So let's ask the question that no other sports show on earth I think is asking right now. (laughs) Who is at fault? Yeah, it was a bit embarrassing, Graham, wasn't it? But um, for me, I think the groundsman has to take some of the blame or most of the blame, really. <laughs> I know he's a former West Indian player, but there's no room for compassion in such decisions like this. He surely has to get the sack. There we are. As much as I think the West Indies cricket board may be at fault for this, I think it's the ECC that have got... Uh, I'm sorry, the ECC, the ICC. They forced the move to the West Indies, the Sir Vivian Wichard Stadium, away from the perfectly good St John's ground because of commercial endorsements. They received warning after warning from ground staff holidaymakers. Even the England management, in the truly British way of sending a letter, said, no, this is a shambles. Yet they still did nothing about them. And their man at the ground, the, the referee, turned around and saying, it's unsatisfactory, but it's not unplayable. That's the joke. The ECB really do not help them. The ICC even really don't help themselves. Just cover their own backside... And the only thing they worry about is play is commercial, not the cricket. It's an absolute shambles. Very true, Graham. But um, how much damage would this do to the West Indian cricket? I've, not as much as I first thought it would do. I don't think the West Indies cricket ball could have gone much lower than they did in 1998. Obviously, I'm wrong. But they'll now be able to take the game to other islands. Rather than just keep it in the hub of Antigua, Barbados and Jamaica, they'll be able to go to Ghana, they'll be able to take the game to Grenada, take the game to different parts of the West Indies that haven't seen it for a while. It's not like us where we just move a game from Birmingham to Manchester and it's like, instead, you're going to see them parading their country's flag around and it means a lot more to their islands than it ever will to our cities. Yep, definitely. I think also you have to give fair play to the locals for getting the game on, all the help they were doing with getting the cable, the TV cables from ground to ground. I just think it shows how much they love their cricket in Antigua. Indeed it does. Jake, how many points am I scoring for that question? Because you didn't give me it. <laughs> I did three. You said three to the question before. Ah, uh, one. One. One for that question. <laughs> Disappointing. Well, <laughs> hang on, in case you didn't hear that, that was a... And a... 
because it was one each in that round. Very disappointing round by the two of us there. Anyway, the Six Nations saw an improved performance by England, but still going down against the Welsh. So, Jake, what was the reason for the defeat at the Millennium Stadium? Well, for me, first of all, it wasn't that much of an improvement from our last Saturday against Italy, but uh, they lost basically because of ill-discipline, really. you got two sim bins, Tindall and Good infringing at the breakdown, and they just gave away silly penalties and straight away were 9-0 down, which you just can't do when you're such underdogs at the Millennium Stadium away to Cardiff. Unlike Jake, I think, it's, I think it would be very easy to blame this on the old discipline, but in fact, I'm going to blame the referee. It, to me, it was a very improved performance. They missed kicks. They're very important. I understand that. But the actual breakdown of play and everything like that was a lot better. But the performance of Jonathan Kaplan was an absolute disgrace. Tyndall was penalised for a penalty at the breakdown, yet when the Welsh did exactly the same, nothing was called. Kaplan had a run-in with the RFU in 2005, where he publicly refuted the board's criticisms of him. I'm sorry, Mr Kaplan, but if you think you did nothing wrong, you shut your mouth and you get on with your job. Once again, again, I fear we're going to be hearing Kaplan running his mouth in the media as he tries to proclaim what a great referee he is. Interesting, Grant. Anyway, moving on to football now, and it was FA Cup weekend again with the fifth round taking place. But which result impressed you the most? Which result impressed me the most was Everton. Now, last week I called Manchester United out to win the title, and I still believe that they will. But Everton's defeat of Aston Villa means they have now knocked out two of the top four teams in the country right now. And there's a little twinkle in David Moyes' eyes at the moment. He said in the press conference that the Premier League is the only one that matters to him. Something suggests to me he's really playing it down, and he would really love to win some silverware just to rub it into the red half of Liverpool's side, who are probably not going to win any silverware. This most, season. Most definitely so. But uh, last time I was on this show, I talked about Swansea. And again, I was so impressed with them. Martinez has got them playing such great football. They've got wide players who stick on the touchline. And like I said, they've got Jason Scotland up front. And what a goal he scored last Saturday. Yeah, you did call out Jason Scotland. So that was very well done of you. Because for that, <laughs> I'm going to give you this. It's absolutely true. You called out Scotland and it followed up with that. How many do I get for that question then, Jake? Two. He's pointing a two. I'll play the noise for you at home. <laughs> So you all know we're eight apiece going into the last two questions as we had better speak about Golden Balls himself as Beckham looks set to be returning to LA at the end of his loan spell in Milan. But the question is, Jake, do you think Beckham should be getting the translation books out? Uh, Beckham can do whatever he wants. If he wants to stay in Milan, he will stay in Milan. He can get the lawyers on the case. He can spend so much money to back him. He's not going to go back to LA Galaxy because most of all, he doesn't want to. And he'd be in that red and black of AC Milan for the rest of this season. Quite agree if you give this one time seriously, he'll be joining Milan, whether LA Galaxy like it or not. The MLS are saying that the deadline is passed, but it's a league in trouble. It's expanding at a rate that it can't keep up, up, keep up, keep up with even, and the standard of play is absolutely terrible. Don't be surprised if AC Milan sponsors really support MLS and put a bit of money into the MLS in return for them getting Beckham. But Beckham at the moment, he's got Ancelotti as a manager who wants him. He's got AC Milan, which is a league which suits his pace. And in Milan, he's got a city that really suits his wife. Well, it suits the fashion side of her anyway. (laughs) Interesting. Anyway, moving on to the last question today. Sir Chris Hoy crashed out in his return to competitive cycling as Scott taken a heavy fall. So is that it for the Knight of the Realm? I've got three questions, for the, three answers to this one, really. One, I'm glad he's back on the bike. Two, he did win as part of the team sprint. And three, these things just happen in Kieran Racing. It's fast, it's exciting, it's challenging. You see you don't, the amount of money they get thrown in Japan for it. It's absolutely ridiculous. But no, Chris Hoy will be back for the World Championship. He wants to win more and more. And that's the nicest thing about this great British team. They want to win. They don't see winning as a mistake. They see it as their destiny. And Hoy, they've got someone they can all follow, get behind, eat their brand flakes and get on their bikes with. Eat their brand flakes. Interesting. Yep, whatever he was going to do after to be knighted, winning Sports Personality of the Year, and don't forget three gold medals at the Olympics. Anything he was going to do after was going to see a bit of a downer. So falling off, nothing to worry about. Hope he gets back on his bike. 
There we are. Well, we're just running out of the time on that question, but uh, Chris Hoy is a fantastic cyclist. And as you say, anything that's going to happen will always be a downer, but all I can say is there's only one winner of today's show, and dare I say, it's this man. <laughs> he wins it 12 to 11. It's a close run thing today, but he's managed to, I've managed to pick up the victory. I'm delighted with that. Yeah, you beat the chipmunk by one point. Well done. <laughs> I feel like I'm abusing a chipmunk now. This isn't any good. My thanks do go out to Jake for coming in today. Always good to see you in the studio. That's it for another edition of Any Sport in Question. Join me again on Thursday when the master of sport, Daniel Cleary, is back in the chair. So until then, take care of yourself. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ha <laughs> ha!